Hello and welcome. I am getting the podcast out early in the week because I have so many things to talk about this stupid game that we play called fantasy football. And yes, this is going to be a lot of ranting, but there'll be some other things. I do want to go over the matchups, what worked, what didn't for a lot of people. I want to talk about baseball just for a second and um, kind of a rule changes, not necessarily rules I want to see happen, but rules that may be better, maybe worse. I don't know, just to spark some discussion as well. So that's the episode here. This is the I Don't Have a Life podcast. This is episode two in our third season. We've done it. It's been three seasons and um, yeah, but I'm not happy though. So I'm going to rant for a long time. There's just no other way to say it. This sport is some horseshit. I started LaShawn McCoy, Trey Burton, and the Saints defense. I literally could have started Justin at tight end, Dean at running back, and my seventh grade flag football team's defense and scored more points than what I got. That's ridiculous. Fuck you. This is going to also be known as the fuck you segment of the show. I'm just going to go off on some people. Fuck you, Saints. Are you kidding me? Nice defense. I'm a Bucks fan, and I know the Bucks aren't good, and you let them score 48 goddamn points at home when you had the whole offseason to prepare for Ryan Fitzmagic? Are you kidding me? Fuck you, LaShawn McCoy and the Bills. More importantly, fuck the Bills. Fuck you, Bills. You are so goddamn awful. Really? You're going to start Nathan Peterman again? That guy threw five picks in one half of football. I can't even do that on all Madden if I'm trying and I throw picks on every other play on all Madden. Okay? Why in the hell are you even a football team right now? You traded Sammy Watkins. You traded Chris Hogan, who I'll get to in a second. Goddamn Chris Hogan. And you replaced them with Kelvin Benjamin, who you didn't even throw to. And all you have left is LaShawn McCoy. And you gave him three carries in the first half for seven total carries, and you threw to him once for negative something yards. Awesome job, Bills. What a great job game planning for the whole offseason. Oh, let's get a hard knocks on the Bills and what they were doing. I'm sure that was entertaining. (sighs) Fuck you, Trey Burton. Fuck you, analysts that are telling me that Trey Burton is going to be awesome. Okay, maybe it should be a fuck you to Mitchell Trubisky because... I've never seen a guy look so good only to immediately look so horrendous. It was clear that Trubisky had a set of about 10 to 15 plays that they had practiced on over and over again. And he came out and I was like, whoa, all right. But you suck still because after that, you were horrendous. You were looking to run every play against the Packers defense that sucks. You gave Burton six targets. He could catch one. Ridiculous. You know? Fuck you, Doug Baldwin. Fuck you, Doug Baldwin. A lot of these also are from uh, players I have in other leagues, but they still work because they're owned in this league. I have Doug Baldwin. But Charles says Doug Baldwin. He's saying, fuck you, Doug Baldwin. You have a hurt knee. You go out and tell everybody you're hurt, and then you go injure the other knee, and you're out, and you don't even get a fucking catch. Fuck you, Lions. Are you kidding me? How are you going to be that awesome for the first play of the game and then give up 48 points to the Jets and Sam Darnold. And then we have to listen to fucking Jason Noah tell us how Sam Darnold is going to be a 
Hall of Fame quarterback. No, fuck you, Lions. Matt Patricia, think you're the shit because you ride the coattails of Bill Belichick. Fucking put on the fucking outfit that doesn't look like you shop at the thrift store and lose some weight. How did you possibly gain 30 pounds? There's no time to eat if you're a head coach. Why are you so fat and terrible at coaching? God, it's, it's ridiculous. Chris Hogan, fuck you, Chris Hogan. Fuck the Patriots. They're so annoying. I always have kind of liked Tom Brady and I've always respected, but man, why aren't you throwing to Chris Hogan at all? Why do you do this? It's, I don't know. Anyway, that's, um, Oh, one last thing I had this. This was, this is the best one. I saved the best for last year. Fuck me. Fuck me. I am in, I just, I, the more you study fantasy football, the less you know. It's the only thing that I've ever encountered where the more you study and the more time you spend practicing, the worse you get. Okay? I spent the off season listening to podcasts. All different ones. I have like eight or nine that I follow. They're, they're all really well done and they're great. And they, they watch more football than me, so I trust a lot of what they're saying. They would do mock drafts. And they would laugh and mock everybody that picked a kicker and a defense before the, first, the last two rounds. And so what do I do? I mock those people that do the same thing. And we have Ernie, the defending champion, picking a kicker in like round six and the defense in like round eight. Greg Zerline and the Denver Broncos defense. I think I know where this You might know where this is going. And they got him 35 goddamn points. Why? You did the incorrect thing. Why do you get rewarded? 35 points for a kicker defense combo. I do the right thing by waiting the last two rounds, playing the matchup, taking a kicker in a dome against a shitty team. I get negative three total points. That's negative seven for the Saints and six, uh, uh, negative one, I'm sorry, negative one points. I get negative points for doing the right thing. God damn it, it doesn't make any sense. And tight ends, did everybody forget that tight ends are a position on the football field that you should have a mismatch on? They should be faster than a linebacker and they should be bigger than a safety or corner. How are no tight ends doing anything in the league unless they're named Rob Gronkowski or George Kittle or Will Desi? Desi on uh, Seattle. What? Ugh. Okay, I feel a lot better. I really do. That was a lot of anger. That was some ridiculousness. But I do feel better. I'm going to drink some water now. So I'm going to put the song on and I'm going to have a water break. That got really heated and I'm kind of sweating profusely right now and it's, it's uncomfortable. But the show must go on, and I'm going to go on. So we do have some recaps to go over. There's, um, you know what? This was a really exciting week. Really exciting week. There was, every game was close except mine. I lost by 60 points. (laughs) So yes, I'm horrific at this. And you're probably getting dumber for listening to this podcast. So I don't know what's worse. Me being as stupid as I am, or you listening to me right now in this instant in time. I might say that you're, you're worse than I am for listening you know, so, but anyway, regardless, um, our first matchup here is, is Gurley's on fire, our defending champ, Ernie, and Hogan's Heroes, we love the name, by the way, some of these names were very good, some of you are using the same name as last year, Justin, Ernie, some of you have names that don't really make any sense, Charles, um, some of you have awesome names, <laughs> Alex, so, um, anyway, Hogan's Heroes, that's a pretty good, 
quality name. It was a 138 to 128 victory for this girly is on fire. Um, and he rode the Greg Zerline Denver Bronco defense, that 35-point swing, plus um, really it was very, very nice. The, the clincher was that Greg Zerline 55-yarder. That basically won it for uh, Ernie and uh, ridiculous. Great game by Michael Thomas. I really, really wanted Michael Thomas. I was praying and hoping he would fall in the draft. He didn't, but 16 catches for Michael Thomas. He is going to have a monster year, and uh, it started already. I think he was the leading positional player of all positions. Uh, might have been even quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but I, he had a huge amount of points. Um, he also had Todd Gurley, who looked like Todd Gurley of old, so this team's getting really scary with those one-two punchers, plus the best kicker in the defense in the league, which obviously means something now because, my God, 138's a, a good total. Hey, Hogan's Heroes, Richard, going with 128's not bad, but he's probably agreeing with me on the Chris Hogan deal. Chris Hogan, just one point. Um, and his Alf pick, the Alfred Morris pick that he, I think he took him in like round six or seven. It was really early. That did not pay off. Granted, it was against the Minnesota Vikings defense. That looked awesome. So maybe there's better days ahead for Alf, but I think he's got to consider, I mean, to be honest, I would buy low on Chris Hogan. I wouldn't buy Alf for anything, but Chris Hogan, I'd look to, uh, to buy low on. If you're sick of him, talk to me. I don't know. I guess you keep playing him, but uh, the defending champ comes out 1-0. Very impressive performance, but impressive performances on both ends there. Our second matchup we're going to look into is Hobbies, who is uh, now Papa Duck Hunt. That's a pretty decent name there. And Marlon Mack Miller RIP, which I believe is Dean's team. And I'm going to just go on a side note here, a tangent. I was sitting in class teaching and a little notification saying, Mack Miller uh, has died. And my first thought was, oh, what, what? there's a football player named Mac Miller. I actually didn't know who Mac Miller was. And it was a moment in my life where I realized I'm an old man and I am not cool anymore. I am definitely not cool anymore. I literally had never heard of Mac Miller before. So I listened to some of his songs and I'm going to go to hell for this. And I told Sarah and my wife this, um, but he reminds me of that character on Always Sunny in Philadelphia when that white rapper that D doesn't know if he's retarded or not. Ends up he's not retarded, so I, I guess I'm not saying that Mac Miller was retarded. But it kind of like, maybe he is? But R.I.P. Mac Miller. I did like your songs. Your songs were actually really cool. I, re I really had liked the Knock Knock song where it was, you know, the one, two, three, four, crazy-ass kids coming knocking at your door like, let him in. That was cool. He looks like a fun dude. He was obviously having a lot of fun uh, before he uh, killed himself. But regardless, good name. I guess you have Marlon Mack. You, you parlayed that into a Mack Miller. That's pretty cool, Dean. But uh, your fantasy total was not cool. You only had 120 points. You lost to Javi, uh, early season heavy hitter Javi, uh, 141 to 120. Uh, the high score, the high score for Javi's team uh, well, the MVP, at least, according to Yahoo. Not the highest score, but the MVP was the Vikings defense. So here is our overriding theme that defense is the most important position in fantasy as he got 22 points for his Minnesota Vikings defense. He also had an epic performance by Aaron Rodgers that I don't need to talk about too much. We all saw that. That was glorious. I'm sure Dean loved seeing that happen before his eyes. But um, 
great performance by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so this is what Javi does every year. He's going to probably get off to a 3-1 start, 2-0 start, something like that. And then life kicks in and his priorities change or we get smarter and he gets dumber. Something happens and then he just blows it. I, I'm waiting. One year you're going to win it all. No, you're not. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. It, it just Stereotypes have it for a reason. And this is a big stereotype. Um, but a good win. 141. We'll see. Your bench guys, by the way, I was looking over at this matchup. Uh, your bench guys were ridiculous. <laughs> they were better than your starters. Um, Isaiah Crowell went off for Hobby's team. Chris Thompson and Kirk Cousins were money for Dean. They both rotted away on the bench. Um, meanwhile, on Dean's side, Evans, Barkley, studs for sure, but not quite enough. Seeing Mike Evans do what he does makes Dean's team look a little bit better if he's the Mike Evans of old um, with Barkley. Although Kenyon Drake looked like garbage, but that's to be expected. He also uh, started the Lions defense, which somehow, somehow, okay, again, how did the, they got seven points for Dean. Seven points for Dean. Did you watch Monday Night Football? How in the world are they? I know it's a defensive touchdown. Defensive touchdown. No, that's dumb. You gave up 48 points to the Jets. There needs to be some weighted amount. Like, if you give it up to a shitty team, you should get worse. Because how is that worth seven and the Saints are worth negative seven? Like, that's... They both were terrible. They both should have been negative seven. How is one literally 20 points higher than the other? Is that correct? Maybe not. 14 points? Math is hard. But a lot, I think it's 14, right? Seven months, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm an English history teacher. Um, you also had Marquise Goodwin go down. That was that was brutal for Dean. That really hurt. It looks like he'll be okay. I still like Goodwin. At least it wasn't a head injury. I know he's had a history of head injuries, concussions as they're called nowadays. Um, so I think it was a, a slight uh, strain or uh, pull or just very minor. So that's pretty decent. But Dean off to a bad start and 120. One of the slower point totals for the week, actually. Our game of the week, though. That was just random notes coming out of my mouth. I'm not sure what that was. But it was Justin and Charles's matchup. The has-beens versus the I don't change my, I mean, don't sweat the technique. Um, probably time to change your name, Justin, since you lost that. I bet if you had a new name, you'd probably win, to be honest, Justin. But this was definitely the game of the week. 151 points for Charles to 145 for Justin. And it was close the whole weekend. It was a very, very good matchup. Could have been worse, to be honest, for Justin. Baldwin got Charles a zero. And that really could have made this seem worse than it was. But um, regardless, uh, Gronk at tight end. That might be the biggest advantage in the league. I, I'm pretty safe to say that you... You, listening to this podcast, you right now, unless your name is Charles, did not like the production you got from your tight end this week. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that, and I'm probably going to be accurate because there is no good tight ends. Even if you had Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, you weren't very excited. Kelsey had like one catch. Ridiculous. But that that's going to put a big advantage if Gronk stays healthy. That's always been the caveat for Gronk though, right? If he stays healthy you're in the playoffs. If he gets hurt, your team looks a lot, lot worse. So Charles is on board that train. We'll see. Gronk looked unstoppable, man. He just looks unbelievable. Um, Justin went with the uh, Deshaun Watson. He really liked to rub that in my face when I said Deshaun Watson would not be a long-term play. And um, 
that's probably going to haunt me good or bad for the rest of this podcasting life. But man, he did not look very good. Granted, going up against New England at New England with five months of preparation is not going to be easy for anybody. But we'll see. We'll see what he, uh, how Watson turns out. Still too early to tell one way or the other. I don't think he's a savior. Um, but maybe, you know, for fantasy purposes, he'll be good. You had Tyree Kill in The Terminator. John Connor really have great weeks. What a nice pickup that's going to be if Lev Bell holds out for 10 weeks for Justin. I'm extremely jealous. I can't believe that actually came to fruition. I understand it now that it's happened. Don't get me wrong. I never would have thought that Le'Veon Bell would not have played at least, uh, or at least missed one game perhaps. And maybe that's what ends up happening. He only misses the one game. But man, if it turns into a 10-week absence and he gets John Connor for 10 weeks, that's a little scary. And as bad as Justin is at managing and drafting players to his team, that gift, that falling into his breadbasket is going to really be uh, nerve-wracking for those 10 weeks that he has Connor. Uh, Congratulations, Justin. You did not start the worst defense of the week. Although you did get negative five points, which ended up uh, almost, I mean, maybe costing you in, in some way. I guess you could look at it that way. But the Chargers defense, who I really thought we were going to be okay this week against the Charger, uh, the Chiefs at home, negative five points. Ouch. But uh, hey, at least they didn't get you negative seven like the Saints did. The Saints didn't have a sack. They didn't have a fumble. They didn't have an interception. All they did on the stat sheet on Yahoo was points allowed, 48, and everything else was a zero. <laughs> my lord. Um, our, uh, I still need to talk about my game. I think I did a little bit. But the next game that does not involve me was the lowest scoring matchup of the week. The only team that I think I would have beat. Maybe I tied. I'm not sure. But we have Jason versus Jason, the battle of the Jasons. All that we really need to talk about here is that Jason is done. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Jason is done. I feel confident that that statement will hold true for one of these two teams. I'm not going to tell you which team I think, or maybe it's both. But I'm just going to say that Jason is done. Um, looking into a little bit deeper, nobody did anything, honestly. The leading score in this matchup was, I'll take, uh, give you a second to guess, guys. Who would the leading score be? What's the theme of this episode. Yes, that's right. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense scored 16 points. That was the highest score on both teams. Uh, Jason Martinez, what the? What were you doing? C.J. Anderson and Cole Beasley are your week one starters? I know you lost Le'Veon Bell. I know you did, but you could have got better than C.J. Anderson, right? And uh, how is... That still doesn't explain Cole Beasley. How, how is Cole Beasley in there? Uh, those guys were really useless and somehow they they worked into your week one lineup so i'm just gonna say this uh jason will not make the playoffs i'm pretty sure that statement will hold true you can decide what you will with that in my matchup what i think is the best team in the league right now casey's team mark's team cunningham's whatever the hell his name is his team may be peaking too soon perhaps but man, if these guys are reaching their potential that it looks like they are after week one, Joe Mixon is going to do what he did, and Alvin Kamara is going to do 
what he did. Uh, Drew Brees is going to be Drew Brees again. This team is nasty, okay? I mean, it's not, It's one thing when you get the number one pick, especially in our league. The number one pick is very, very valuable. Super valuable. Um, <clears throat> exponentially more valuable than the, the pick. Oh, all right. It's always nice when I get a phone call in the middle of my recording. So I don't know exactly where I was talking about. I just got done with like a 20-minute phone call conversation. But anyway, this seems like a good enough time to talk about how amazing baseball is. Let's not forget baseball, guys. It's really easy to forget um, when football started. But the Braves are amazing, and you need to hear about that. So many of you have gotten your special promo code, so that will happen on Friday. But that was really a way for me to get you to understand the greatness of Acuna. And I've followed Acuna since we signed him, which was only for about 100,000 in 2016, I think, I believe. And um, he had a really good uh, state stateside debut. And then he had just a phenomenal 2017 year as a, you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old. And I knew this was coming a long time ago. And none of none of what he's done, none of what Acuna has done has surprised me in the slightest. Okay, if you haven't seen this guy, go on YouTube and do a highlight reel of his, of his season for this year. He's the third most talented baseball player in Major League Baseball right now. And, oh, Alex, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're a Brace fan. You're so biased and stupid. Fine. Say what you will. Say how biased I am. I watch a lot of baseball. I look at a lot of minor league baseball players, prospects, pedigree. I watch a lot. He is the third most talented baseball player in the big leagues right now. The only two that I have ahead of him are Trout and Harper. That's it. His bat speed is incredible. Okay? And it's different, too, then, because Harper has incredible bat speed. But he puts his whole body into it, which is why he's going to struggle to hit 300 on occasion as he's only hitting, what, 240 this year, 250, because he puts his leg kick into it, his whole body, and he generates that bat speed. But man, that's a lot of moving parts. Acuna bats straight up, and it's in the zone in about .0001 seconds. And it's full speed, and it's in the zone, and it is fast as fuck. There is no leg kick. There is, well, there's a little leg kick, but it's not Harper-esque or Mike Trout-esque. And it is to the ball. This guy is going to be a superstar. Absolute superstar. This, what he's doing this year is just the beginning. And I just want everybody to know that. Um, and it's not because I'm a biased Braves fan. It's because I am a biased Braves fan that I'm telling you this. Okay? I'm not being a homer. I've just seen this guy from way back to where he is now. And it's going to be something special, okay? Trout's still the best, there's no doubt. I mean, Trout is just something that I, I've i never seen in my lifetime since maybe Griffey. But is going to be something. And he's 20 years old. You know, I just don't understand how this is, what he's doing is possible. So, um, to be honest, another reason uh, I'll bring it up, because I like talking about myself, and it's my podcast, and I listen to this, you know, a couple months from now and come back and hear myself speak and it's glorious but I actually uh, put a prop bet on Acuna he had 250 to 1 odds for MVP 
250 to 1 odds. So I threw $10. I know $10 is nothing, but $10 down on Acuna to win MVP. And despite the fact that he didn't come out for a month and the fact that he missed almost a month, almost a month because of a knee injury, I still think he's going to be in the top 10 in MVP voting. Because, for one, there isn't a lot of MVP candidates in the National League. And number two, without him, we would not be in first place right now. I think he might get a 7th or 8th place MVP showing, which is pretty nuts. And uh, my 250 to 1 bet isn't probably coming true, but I did that at the beginning of the year. And uh, if it did come true, I would have been $2,500 richer than all of you. But... I'm still pretty happy that I got this close, despite missing almost two months of baseball. If he played those two months, I don't know, man. I mean, if two more months of Acuna doing what he's doing now, don't you think he's MVP over Carpenter or Yelich? Yelich is the only guy that I could see maybe still winning it. But if you add another 10 home runs, another 10 stolen bases, and another 20 runs to Acuna's total... He's going to be, uh, you know, a 300 hitter. He's going to have 35 home runs. He's going to have 25 stolen bases. He's going to have like 110 runs scored and like 70 RBIs or something playing great defense. That's that's pretty close to MVP in the National League this year. Anyway, that's it. Um, I'm not going to preview games this week. There's still so much unknown. It's hard to preview the actual games because I don't know anything for one. That's really hard to preview games when I don't know anything. And number two, there's still a lot of sorting out. Like, are the Bills really this bad? Are the Lions really this bad? Are the Chiefs really this good? There's still a lot to go over. It doesn't make much sense to talk about it. I was projected to win in every league and I only won in one. (laughs) So uh, that's great. I had the highest projected point total and I ended up with the third lowest so projections are pointless right now I think once we have a few more weeks of information so in the in place of that segment I do have some ideas just in general just things I'm talking about that maybe we all discuss and we find out we're all on the same page I don't think all of these things are must-haves in a in a league like ours and I know tradition trumps a lot for people in this league like oh we've been doing that for 10 years why would we change it now and that's fine but at the same time if you did that in the NFL you're now 10 years behind everybody because it's an ever-changing league and you want to try to keep up so just a couple of things first of all the fact that you can pick up players almost whenever you want is kind of crazy I like it it gives me an advantage I think over most of the league because I have it on my phone and I, ha- I get updates on it. I constantly check Rotowire. I have a lot of downtime during the day. I know some of us aren't all like that. And the thinking is that, well, th- I mean, those that spend more time get rewarded more for it. But it's also like, well, how much do we want to spend on fantasy football uh, during the week? Like, do we, the only way to be successful in waiver pickups is to be on your phone the whole time or have multiple day you know checking multiple days um i don't know the older we get and the more responsibilities especially when kids start coming i think waivers is a better is a better system and to be honest if we did a fab budget that's the free agent bidding system i think that would be even better because we take away the randomness of waiver priorities i think that's what people don't really like is that oh if you lost you get the number one waiver priority and that's not fair um, and it's not, it's, 
right now it's completely open. But if you did a fab budget, you know, $100 or whatever, and then you, you put a bid on a free agent, then whoever wants the player the most gets that player. Whereas right now, and I'm guilty of this, there's no, there's no way around it. Whoever is scouring the waiver wire is going to get everybody. And I get it. Like, I like that. It's unique. None of my other leagues do that. I've never been in a league that does that. And it definitely provides me an advantage. But I'm also for equality and having everybody on the same playing field. So, I don't know. It's just something to discuss. I would love to see a fab. I'm uh, I'm starting a league this year that has a fab budget. So, it's interesting. Like, do I spend it all now? Do I save it? What if I save it and I never use it? Will it be a waste? I actually did a fab for fantasy baseball. $1,000 fab. <laughs> and I, I'm ending the season with like $750 remaining. Like I just saved it for people that never were anything. <laughs> so I don't know, just an idea. Um, the next one is a very progressive, liberal, <laughs> liberal idea. And that's to get rid of the kickers and defense altogether. Or some sort of head coach uh, position. Like you pick a winner. And if you win, you know, you get how many points you win by. So if you pick Belichick and you win by 25 points each week and you get 25 points, something like that, maybe we get rid of kickers altogether. They're, they're seemingly random. They're seemingly not very much fun to watch. Like, do you really want to watch football and hope for fourth down stops so your kicker can get action? I guess, maybe. Um, and defense, you know, defense is a, is a tricky one. I like having a defense. I like those defensive touchdowns it's tricky do I trade for one do I keep two I get it again these aren't things that I want to see happen I'm just throwing things out there for the league to discuss but what if we got away with defense and you just put in you know your individual defensive players maybe you had two or three defensive players that's another option or just get rid of defense and kickers altogether. so best ball leagues which I don't know if you guys are familiar with yet I think they've been more popular in the last two years even maybe just last year and best ball is where you pick you draft a team for the year and you don't worry about a lineup it just gives you the best three receivers you drafted get in your lineup and that's a great interesting way I don't think our league would go for that but in those leagues oftentimes kickers and defenses are just ignored because they're so random and um, people don't want to have to hold two or three defenses to try to get the best so just an idea get rid of it all together maybe put in another flex spot get really interesting put a super flex which is the quarterback as a flex option that could be interesting we have a lot of quarterbacks on the waiver wire that would solve that problem a two quarterback league is another wrinkle you could throw into it um i am in a league now that actually i mean if you're looking at this if it gets too pass heavy of a league what you can do is make it a half point pbr which is actually yahoo's standard setting now is half point PPR and then make the tight ends worth one point per reception and everybody else gets a half point or maybe the receivers are half point only so you can do things like that as well to spice it up because it you know well let's say the NFL changes and the tight end is useless and whoever gets Gronk basically wins every year I mean I don't think the league's at that point now but it would would it surprise you if that's where it goes like everybody just gets in three receiver sets and tight ends are used only to block for the running backs which are you know committees now and maybe you want to take away the value of a Nelson Aguilar's eight catch 33 yard performance right that got Javi uh what nine points is that really nine points worth more than or worth you know Robbie Anderson had a deep touchdown uh beautiful touchdown 
and he got the same amount of points as Nelson Aguilar just because he caught dump-offs from Nick Foles all night and ran two yards. I don't know. I'm just, again, these aren't things I think should happen. I'm just throwing things out there, wondering what we can do to make this league better and more competitive and fair. More, uh, less parity in the, uh, more parity? More parity in the league. Whatever. Um, I also, the one thing I would love to see change, and out of all of these things, if we could only change one, it would be this. It's the yards scoring system. Like, you're going to have a lot of ties in our league compared to others because we don't do the .1 per yard system. The .1 per yard system is in place so that you really don't have ties. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, for every yard you get, you get .1 points. So it really becomes every 10 yards, you get one point. And this is awesome because you get a catch, boom, you get a 24-yard catch from Julio Jones, you know you got one point for the reception, and you know you have 2.4 points for the yards. So you got 3.4 points on one play. Right now, you know, he gets one catch for 24 yards. Well, does he have yards before that? If he has some, then he's, it's worth two points. You know, if he doesn't have any, it's only worth, uh, uh, or I guess we worth three points. So you don't know exactly how many points you're getting at that moment unless you're on your app. Whereas if I'm watching the game, you're like, fuck yeah, there's a nine-yard run. There's another 15-yard catch. I just got, uh, you know, so-and-so amount of points. Um, so I would love to see that. It still bothers me that receivers have to get 20 yards for a point and running backs only have to get one, but the receptions are worth one. I, I guess it's to try to even it out, but then the running backs also get one. To me, just making everybody get point one part of points for yards is the best way. I had another league. That was, you know, we've been running for about seven or eight years as well. It's, um, they have a bunch of weird rules, but they, uh, they had that same thing where receivers every 10 yards was worth a point. And if you had nine yards, you had a nine yard catch. It was only worth one point because you had the catch and that was it. But if it was one more yard, all of a sudden you had two points. That seems like a big stretch very arbitrary number that is not existent in football so if you get a catch and it's for nine yards you should get them you know 0.9 points plus the catch for basically two points i don't know it just makes a lot of sense to me discuss it amongst yourselves maybe everybody is like fuck i've been thinking about that for five years and we all are like well if we all think that why don't we change it so you know maybe when i'm commissioner i'll just magically change it like our commissioner did this year just gave out random bonuses without telling us <laughs> no I'm kidding Jason those were actually really cool but um, and I know you didn't do it with any sort of mal intentions mal intentions bad intentions any uh, any of those bad intentions so but anyway those are some changes that I wanted to just bring up that could happen I know we also talked about a dynasty dynasty league but I don't I think that was dead um, I did join a dynasty league for football and um, it's hard, I'll tell you. There's a lot of players that uh, I don't know about on the defensive side of the ball and coming up and rookies and stuff. So, I don't know. Dynasty League, maybe if everybody loves that idea, we can discuss that too. But anyway, that's going to do it for me. Again, <clears throat> I should have said this at the beginning. You probably figured out. If you're listening to this part, you figured out that you probably need to click on the title again to make it play. So... If you're listening on your phone, you actually have to go back and click on both links to get both. I think they said they'll fix it as soon as they can, where you just click on it and it's good to go. But until that point, you're going to have to click on both. Don't forget that um, if you're listening on your computer right now and you go home and you, don't, you can't figure it out. So anyway, 
Good luck to everybody. I hate fantasy football. I think it's really dumb. I'm probably going to have a fire sale anytime soon. I'll tell you for sure, LaShawn McCoy. You you trade, you offer me something for LaShawn McCoy, I'll probably accept it. Because, god damn it, I'm off of the bills. Fuck you, bills. Are you kidding me? So, anyway, that is going to do it for me. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you. Uh, we'll probably discuss stuff on Thursday. And uh, everybody have a healthy Sunday and Monday. And we'll see you next week. And that's what happens when you uh, try to do your music based on the radio on the ride home. So let's try to find another station. Okay, there we go. That's a Spanish station. That's not going to work. <laughs> this is some grade A broadcasting here. There we go. All right, see you later, everyone. Oh, <laughs> can I pick worse outro music than what I've done? God damn it. Where am I? I'm in Rancho right now for the first time. Where are the stations? Do you have any American stations here? Oh, my God. There we go. That's good enough. See you later, everyone. I hear the bones that go into life. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 12.30 flight. The moonlit winds reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. Still don't know. Is it Mark? Is it Casey? Is it Cunningham? Is it Marquesi? Why do you have so many names and why do you have so many first names and what order is going on? How do I not know this? Ah. <laughs>